Welcome to Rebecca Neal, the podcast where I, Rebecca, your host, share thought-provoking episodes with you to help you take your life from where it is now to where you want it to be. I have a huge desire and passion to help people just like you get out of their own way and start living the life that they deserve. I'm here to help you feel empowered, educated, and inspired to get into massive action and create change in your life today. Join me weekly as I share insights into the online business world, social media, and many other motivational topics, and also interview some of the world's most incredible humans to help you become the best version of yourself. Obviously, I could give you the stock standard answer to this, which is, you know, like you just said, mental health and clarity and everything. But I feel like that is one piece of the triad of also you then when you are organized and you have your home organized and you can clearly see your categories you are then a more mindful consumer so I love the environmental benefits to when you know what you have and you are using what you own because you can put your hands on it quickly and then how it also links to your you being financially responsible or how it links in with your financial freedom goals. And that was Jess Schultz. She is a beautiful human who is a home organiser on the Gold Coast, helping people with any aspects of their home, known particularly for her Pinterest-worthy yet practical pantry makeovers. Jess also enjoys sharing her knowledge and simple organising advice to help people remove the overwhelm in their home. Let's dive into today's episode. She is such a great human. She did an amazing job in my house and I couldn't wait to share her tips with you today. Hello, Jess. We have Jess Shields on the show today, and I'm so excited. Welcome to Rebecca Neal, the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Beck, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So good. I know that the audience is going to love what you've got to share today. So before we dive into all the goodness of who you are, what you do, and all those things, how do you spend the first hour of your day? First hour of my day is... Always uh, just a chat with my son, Hudson, who's 11, and my husband, Troy. We're very much, a, you know, start the day with a bit of a chat and where we're all going to be and what we're doing and <laughs> who's going where and who's, you know, driving who where. <laughs> and then I love to go through my to-do list for the day and just do my own um, housework sort of routine of a morning, like making the beds. I have, I'm on a mission to lose 10 kilos. So I have, I'm starting with uh, lemon and hot water in the morning, you know, so I'm generally sipping on that as I'm just going about my morning routine. But yeah, that's pretty much the first hour for me. I love that. And it's so nice that you spend time connecting and, you know, with your family before you get into the craziness of your day. And then, of course, you dive into stuff for yourself, which is what's really important about, you know, starting the day strong, so they say. And losing 10 kilos, I mean, that's going to be a bit of a mission, but I'm sure you've got that down pat in a list or some sort of organising. <laughs> yep. Yes. I'm trying to approach it 
better than I did in my 20s, which was, you know, you'd go hard and fast and hope I could lose five kilos by the weekend. But (laughs) I'm approaching it more balanced and I refuse to give up wine completely. So it'll be a slower process, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the slower, the better because it will stay off, like you're saying, like in the old days. Yeah, that's it you know, the Hollywood diet, just like have air and water. <laughs> That's oh, it. And, you know, in your twen- and in my 20s, it did just fall off me a little easier than it does these days. Oh, so, right. but no, but yeah, that's me at the moment. That's awesome. So let's um, dive into who you are and what you do. And I know we were just chatting briefly offline about, you know, how amazing it is that you are now doing this full time, which is so cool. So tell us a little bit about the journey of how you've got to where you are and I guess what you do for those who haven't seen um, you on Instagram or met you before. Yeah, so I have a business called Collectively Organized, which is an in-home organizing service. It is a business that I have been building for almost a year through Instagram. I was very fortunate that about 18 months ago, I was talking about this to a really good friend of mine, the lovely Kelly Howard, and she approached me about six months later and said, oh, did you end up starting that business yet? Are you doing home organizing yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. I just keep thinking about it. And then Kelly was like, well, I would love you to organize my house. (laughs) And to be honest, just that step and that action and then Kelly sharing me on Instagram, it's all just really built a momentum from there that I got some regular clients. I was um, working all through last year for Typo in the Cottonon Group and as an area manager looking after um, anywhere from eight to 14 stores working for Typo and I'd been with them for six years. And so I was working Monday to Friday and then I was just working in collectively organised on Saturdays. And I started building up some regulars and getting more inquiries through Instagram and everything that the, I found I was getting booked out, uh, you know, sort of like four or five weeks in advance for the Saturdays. And I was like, you know what? Um, I made this commitment to myself. I, you know, kept typo in the loop the whole time. And in my financial year review last year with my state manager, I said, um, I'm going to give six months notice. Um, I'm, I'd really love to stay on and do one last Christmas and, you know, give be part of the mentoring process of my replacement. But then, uh, yeah, January, I'm going to go full-time and collectively organised. And it was like by telling my boss, I've just... <laughs> The words just came out of my mouth. I wasn't even prepared that day, but then it was like I gave myself this deadline to really keep hustling the business, but I was just getting so lit up and inspired and all these different ideas of what I wanted collectively organised to do, and here we are. So I'm a month into being fully self-employed, and, yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. I'm I'm really loving it. It's amazing to to share that journey and like how you did that because something that I teach, you know, clients as a business mentor is that 
you don't need to quit your job and go all in and make it all happen all at once, right? The transition is actually a beautiful part of the journey. And that's what keeps you, I guess, in this space of inspired energy as well, like not in this place of desperation. I need to replace my income. It needs to happen now, you know? And so you were able to have this beautiful flow of energy and get to a point where, yes, you set a deadline, which is amazing um, to work towards, but you were able to do it with a better energy instead of, you know, sort of chasing and in hustling and really pushing and so now here you are a month in and amazing like how good, how good is that oh it's just really good and look I was so fortunate too because I'd been you know in my role and working in a job that I actually did love for a really long time but it was just that transparency I think that I had with those that I worked with as well that they really came along for the journey with me and my team was so encouraging like in all of my stores like the amount of typo people that follow collectively organized (laughs) and send me messages like they're just all incredible and it was just such it was such an intense time you know obviously building a business outside of you know work hours and then on Saturdays plus you know, working full-time Monday to Friday and I'm a mum. Like it was, don't get me wrong, it was a very intense year, but it was also just so rewarding and I really feel like I'm enjoying this process more now, knowing how I went about it and that transparency and that gratefulness of, you know, those that I had around me supporting me in my in my Monday to Friday. Yeah, it's nice to have those people around you that do sort of keep encouraging you, even Kelly, you know, encouraging you to get started, you know. It's incredible. (laughs) We're so blessed, right, to have those people in our life. They just kind of keep us on the path that we should be on or we know we should be on, but we're a bit scared or we're afraid or, you know, so it's really nice to have that beautiful positive energy around you for sure. So did you, where does the organisation come from? Like have you always been organised as a kid or? (laughs) Because for me, I wish I was more organised. I'm I am creatively messy. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, look, the more I've analysed it and I've always been organised. I always like seeing things grouped together. I joke a lot on Instagram too that, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. I played a lot of Tetris on my Game <laughs> yes. Boy as a child. <laughs> I feel like all my hours of Tetris have really <laughs> paid off. Uh, but the other thing is as well, I I intensely love colour. Mm. And so I see a lot of things like to colour block them. It was why I loved what I did at Typo as well, that, you know, you're dealing with mass volume and I could organise it by how I could see it to gradate the colours, to make it visually appealing, to make it organised. And then that's also translated that, you know, I've always done those sort of colour blocking merchandising techniques in my own home and in my own life and it's just all of these different skills and these things that I've always favoured whether it was games I played or jobs I worked in I've really just brought all of it together and you know it does just constitute or being called organised but a lot of it comes back to colour for me and how I just love seeing things blocked together. Mm, I love that. And it's interesting you say that because I always look back on my journey with my business and what I do and 
every little thing that I've done, even when I felt like I was like, why did I do that? It now has a huge role in my business. It's so bizarre. All the skills and tools that we've learned oh, way yes. all come back to like where we're at in life right now. If we actually take a look, it's pretty incredible. Oh, I agree. Definitely. It's just absolutely amazing when I look at yeah, where I am right now and then just the different things, as I said, from even as a child in how it's all just come together to this. I think that's another part too that you just, when you're doing what you love and you can identify those steps along the way, it's like the gratitude and just that real contentment is 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 just, it's a lovely place to be in, definitely. Oh, love that. So why do you think it's important for us to be organized and not live in a cluttered space? Because I know I've read stuff in the past that talks about how clutter can definitely affect us mentally and emotionally and all that sort of stuff. Do you, like, are you on board with that and organizing your mindset and habits through that sort of thing? Definitely. I, I obviously I could give you the stock standard answer to this, which is, you know, like you just said, mental health and clarity and everything. But I feel like that is one piece of the triad of also you then, when you are organized and you have your home organized and you can clearly see your categories, you are then a more mindful consumer. So I love the environmental benefits too, when you know what you have and you are using what you own because you can put your hands on it quickly. And then how it also links to your you being financially responsible or how it links in with your financial freedom goals. I just absolutely love how those three things just work in together that you then ultimately do just feel calmer, more in control and more conscious and mindful in those three aspects. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's what you said when you did my pantry. And it made a lot of sense because if you can't see things, you forget you have them or you don't use them or you buy more of them and then you waste what was already there. And so it definitely be, does make you become more of a conscious consumer. I like that. Oh, yeah. that's, And I mean, you know, pantries are definitely the bread and butter of my business. Uh, but I absolutely love, you know, like you said yourself and when I was with you, just talking in the benefits of how I set it up for you to minimise your food wastage mm. as well. Because when you think, you know, on average, how, you know, much food is sort of wasted per household, if you can really minimise that, you impact your entire budget personally for the year, as well as obviously the wastage factor. Yeah, that's so true because, yeah, you're not buying extra of the same thing that you didn't even remember you had. <laughs> mm, definitely, yeah. So why do you think it's um, such a challenge, I guess, for people to declutter? Because I think uh, when I think about this, I think about like myself, one of the challenges I have is probably in the wardrobe, like cleaning mm -hmm. out clothes. Like I know it's not that I'm attached. I just feel like, oh, I might wear that. But so I have this weird, like, I don't want to throw it out type thing. So I always think about decluttering in that sense. But generally, why do you think people have this issue with decluttering? Like you just said, I feel generally when I'm working with clients, there's two factors. One, they are seeing the retail cost that they paid for that item. So they see that if they declutter it, they get, it's like they're throwing away that money or 
they are putting emotional attachment or a memory associated with that item, like whether it's a dress that you wore to a particular party or something that was awesome that you had so much fun in it and you think you might wear it again, but you're also kind of holding on to it because you're associating it that you had so much fun at that event in that dress that, oh, of course I might wear that again and and all of this. But I I had a client yesterday that was really struggling to part with like some of you know, her kids' stuff. And once again, it was those memories of where her child was at at that stage. And, you know, these were items that the child no longer played with, they'd outgrown and all the rest of it. But then I sort of went through and I actually just ask people, because I'm working so closely and obviously in in people's homes with them, it's like, which one of these, like, do you have the greatest memory or like, was it a gift from you or a grandparent? Is there a way that we could put it into a keepsake box? I feel like if you are recognizing the things you want to hold because they're memories, but also just extract them from that everyday space. So then they don't become clutter in the everyday space if you don't want to part with them. Does that make sense too as a way of how people can overcome that? Yeah, definitely. Answering your question there. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense because then you've not got things lying around everywhere or sitting on the bench tops or whatever it might be. Yeah. The other the other thing to touch on with this that um, is a scenario that I work with a lot with women in their closets is, you know, when women have gone uh, either up or down over a few sizes and or they're on a weight loss journey or they've gained weight because of a medical issue or something like that. And then there becomes this, that whole journey and even whether it's the pain of that journey and the health issues or, you know, the mental health that have gone through, all of that can be in your closet and they're attaching it to their clothes and their day-to-day. So I work a lot with women in how to really break up those sizes, okay, if it's if it's that you're working your way down through sizes and, you know, you, you're hoping to fit back into that, okay, but let's make that an aspirational category. Let's really keep what you love because you know that when you actually do, like you get to that goal, you're going to want to buy new stuff too to celebrate, but let's have a look at keeping strategically the things here and being conscious of your consumption, Mm -hmm. like which stuff you love, but then which stuff we're going to really remove to just kind of minimise how much of that weight journey and that process is, is looking at you in the face in your wardrobe every day. Mm. And that's, that's, that's something that I work with a lot now with clients. Yeah, because there's almost like um, almost like an unsettling feeling when you open your wardrobe or like some sort of it's not a positive space if you've got that pain hanging in your wardrobe, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, that's been, you know, when we talk about people struggling with decluttering, that's that's my most common mm. scenario that I come up against. So what would you say some tips are for someone who wants to clean out their closet? Say it's overflowing, there's so many things they possibly can't wear at all. Mm-hmm. How do you downsize or declutter the, or organise it? Um, I 
have really found a lot of success of recommending that when they do work out what they're going to get rid of, to do mindful bundles of certain sizes to sell on Facebook Marketplace Mm. and stuff because, you know, obviously there's always so many people that are going through different journeys or going through different sizes for different reasons at different stages. So actually creating a mindful bundle to sell on um, you know, Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree is just so great to then help someone else on that journey. Like you can always donate to Lifeline and things like that, but it's just something so intentional like that really resonates and lights up my clients quite a bit that really helps them to break that down and and actually make some progress with what they're parting with a bit more comfortably. Mm. That's really cool. I like that because there is a way, you know, it is nice to give and it feels good that it's going somewhere, you know, and if you're doing it through marketplace, it's not going to some shop and you don't know where the end result. Yes. Yeah, I like that. That's really helpful. So while we're on the practical tips, let's dive into yes. like quick fire things because okay. I know that people just love knowing this sort of stuff. <laughs> so let's have a few tips per room maybe. Like sure. let's about the pantry because you're a goddess at the pantry. <laughs> so what's like maybe a couple of tips for someone to get started in the kitchen? Okay. So you've got to have a turntable. Love me a turntable, which you can get a Kmart. But turntables for at eye height for your most used and frequent condiments and spreads. Oh. So having like a saucers one or having a turntable for um, all your different um, nut butters and Vegemite, all just at that eye height, you know, the salt and pepper, things that you're grabbing the most, have them categorized on turntables on the most accessible shelf. And then breaking up that you have your cooking shelf. So say whether it be then your pastas and your rice and everything, uh, your cooking bases, herbs and spices, those sorts of things. You're collating them as a category on a shelf. And then think about how accessible that is in relation to your stovetop when you're cooking as well. So is it easy to just go back and forth and put things back in the right place as you're cooking? And then breaking up generally that you have like a breakfasts and snacks shelf. And um, it, it is great to have um, some sort of crate with, um, I call it a carbs crate. So with your snacks and, and different stuff like that. So really trying to group those things and it sort of helps you to not overspend mm. and then bits and pieces of packets then going off and things like that as well. So they are definitely my top tips for a pantry. And don't overcommit on decanting is the other one. Yes. So easy to want to have the overall aesthetic and jars and just be realistic about those items that you really are going to decant and maintain in beautiful canisters or jars. 
Yeah, and that's what I loved when you came to mind. You were really open to the fact that I am, you know, about recycling or repurposing things. So, you know, my pantry doesn't have the perfect size jars for everything. Like it's all a bit mismatched, but it still looks beautiful. And I think we can really repurpose and still make it look nice. So I really love that when you did organize my pantry. And I will say what you said then about the sauce, uh, like the olive oils and things like that, it definitely is at the perfect height for when you're cooking because I go back and forwards and it actually is in that beautiful height. I I just thought about that while you were saying that. I often... um... I will ask because generally it it is women who hire me. I will also ask, you know, if the man of the household like does any cooking and stuff and I will say, oh, how tall is your husband? Like I generally do work that out and ask you some questions or I have a look at how tall like my client is to maintain like ascertain what that shelf should be Mm. kind of thing so it is something that I do (laughs) that's so good I love that so let's um let's talk about the laundry yes I definitely need organizing in my laundry it's kind of like oh I can close those doors and forget about it what's some tips to make it look a bit prettier okay um well firstly it's being aware of outside of laundry what else is in there? What else, what other miscellaneous utility categories are you keeping in there? Because if you're being aware of that, you can group them together neater and to be more accessible and therefore your overall laundry will become more organised and you can be utilising the space that you have. I also feel that so many people don't think about a system for their coat hangers. So having a space in your laundry where you are collating unused hangers so that they're just in one zone as opposed to your closet then having this splattering throughout the rack of, you know, unused hangers or you've got some on the floor of your robe, there's some in the laundry basket. Having a system to collate your empty hangers in a laundry is a real big one. Mm. And yeah, and it sounds like grouping and categorizing things is like the key to any kind of organization. Any space, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so then if we move on to the bathroom, what tips have you got for the bathroom? Yeah, for the bathroom, it's being aware of what backstock of products that you keep. So is it you know, do you buy cotton tips in bulk? Are you buying cotton pads in bulk or is it, you know, dental flosses? What, being more aware of what your back stock that you keep and collating that together so then your excess and your back stock is not going in amongst your makeup or, you know, your dental category or your fake tan. It, it's more just I feel that when people buy in bulk or buy the multiples, there needs to be a clear space for where that goes to keep your bathroom under wraps. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because I can think now like there's probably razors in all sorts of places and <laughs> and extra things because you kind of just put them in the cupboard and then you don't really know what you've got. So, again, it's like keeping them all sectioned. Yes, and the other one is having a, whether it's a small drawer insert or um, a little container, one for hair ties, one for bobby pins, so that then like when you're cleaning your bedroom or wherever you've got a little drop zone 
so that you're not just constantly funding yourself down to one hair tie that's <laughs> on the brink of death if you overstretched it. <laughs> or it's got a hair attached to it. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yes so that's definitely my bathroom tip yes love that and what about the bedroom being aware of what your pitfalls are so is it your laundry routine that you are you're washing your clothes and everything but then are you bringing them into your bedroom and dumping them on a chair or at the end of your bed and then they get pushed to the floor so just being aware I think you nights bed- week <laughs> pardon for a few nights of the week and then you eventually put them away. (laughs) But it's just being aware of what the habits or pitfalls that are occurring in your bedroom and then just slowing down to speed up on how you're going to implement a new system. So it's like if you know that you are bringing in your washing and it can be a two to three day turnaround on the folding process or more, just have a nice basket that's for clean washing at least to have at the end of your bed so that you're not, you know, if you've got a gorgeous chair that's a feature in your bedroom, it's not covered in in clean clothes all the time or the, uh, the purgatory clothes is what I call them where um, you've worn them once, you know, they're not dirty, but you're just going to like <laughs> hang it over that chair, you know, in case you wear it again in the next three days, but you don't want to put it back in the cupboard. So having that's even one of the things. So what are you doing with your purgatory clothes as well? <laughs> yes, that is so interesting. And I'm glad I'm not the only one that does this. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely just not one of those people that I do talk about habits, but I just feel if you have self-awareness and you set yourself up with systems that safeguard against your own pitfalls, you don't need to really reinvent the wheel and become this perfect person with these 50 million habits every day. Like there are ways you could cut like a cheat sheet around it, but like you, your awareness is the key to your own cheat sheet and what that needs to be. Yes, definitely. (laughs) They're amazing tips. I'm going to hit you with one more though, because I know so many mamas listen to this show. Yes. And I don't know. I haven't got kids, but I don't know about all these bright colored toys all around the house. I've got a puppy that has <laughs> toys and it's pain in the butt. <laughs> so how do you keep the house looking schmick when you've got kitties or puppies running around? Um, my, my biggest lesson that I really had to learn in the first two years of having Hudson was that multitasking can be the enemy of completion. <laughs> And I feel as mums, you know, you hear all the time like, oh, mamas are such good multitaskers and all this, but it's like, how many times are we zigzagging through certain spaces or jumping from one thing to the next or forgetting what we were doing or things like that? It's that actually writing yourself, even if it's just three things, like which which spaces, like are you really just going to get the kitchen looking absolutely amazing today and then pick up the living room so that the living room is perfect. Don't then zigzag that, oh, I'm going to reorganize the living, uh, the linen closet or, oh, I need to do this in this room. It's that real, write yourself a list of the three spaces a day that you're just going to make look absolutely mint and complete those and complete them well. Because when you do that, you find that they will 
you know, there is the joke that you can clean and turn your back and a child's destroying it five seconds later. But when you really do put your all into it and complete something, it does hold for longer and it, it can make your life easier to maintain. Yeah, and I think you can almost say that across the board, even like in business, like if we don't have a list of things and focus on one or two things at a time, we're not going to ever achieve anything. And I I really like that tip for mums because it's just really about going, okay, what, you know, two, three things can I focus my energy on? And that's it for the day. Oh, that's it. My my biggest thing, yeah, because with, you know, even with business, it's that real uh, slow down to speed up take my own advice on what I just said about multitasking and go, okay, what things here are sitting at about 80% completion that I need to finish the last 20% that that is done with and move on, like before I start anything else. So I really do, yeah, you're 100% right. Same theory uh, translates. Yeah. So what about time management tips then? Do you have any of those? I'm sure you do. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm super passionate around time blocking, uh, particularly too if you are doing something that you love or you're working through, you know, so if we're talking about business or, you know, for me, I, I enjoy pottering around the house, but time expansion can come in very easily and you lose track of time and then before you know it you haven't gotten to the other things so I'm a firm believer in time blocking and I do talk to myself a bit and I will either say out loud okay I'm finishing this in 20 minutes and I'm setting a timer on my phone so it's that I hold myself accountable with timers as well for certain tasks so that's definitely my biggest time management tip I really like that. It's so important because we can like overlap or get caught up with this or go over here and do this and go back to this. And then you're not really fully present in what you're doing anyway. And then you never do anything. So yes, time blocking and, you know, having that timer, like to actually keep you on track, whether it's, you know, an hour or 90 minute block or 20 minutes, that's really powerful for sure. Yes. So um, I think we need to talk about where your favourite places are to get goodies, to get organised. Ah, <laughs> uh, my favourite places. Okay. Well, obvious, there's the obvious ones, you know. Do love Kmart, do love Big W, do love Target. Target has stunning baskets. But the businesses that I really enjoy supporting, uh, Perfect Pantries Projects, uh, which is on the Gold Coast, ordering online. Stylish storage. I use a lot of the bamboo hook and tag mm. system that Stylish Storage have. They're an online business as well. And then Pretty Little Designs is another online storage business that I order from quite frequently. So yeah, the the main main one that I use a lot is Perfect Pantries Project. Though I I absolutely love supporting Amy. So yes, they're my they're my top places. Oh, and I have to say Ikea. I do drive up to Ikea do you? quite frequently. Oh, <laughs> Ikea was closer to us. <laughs> yeah, I actually have um, on my Instagram, particularly if I do go to Kmart or I go to Ikea, I share on my stories. I drive a Volkswagen Polo and then if I'm buying for clients and everything, I do like these massive purchases because I'm, you know, sort of buying ahead 
for my clients. And I do what's called polo Tetris. And I share a photo on my stories of how I've packed the polo to like perfection <laughs> that like you can't fit anymore into my polo. <laughs> oh my God, I love and, that. I and people, the reactions to that, it's always like my most interacted stories as well. People's <laughs> reactions are people's like, I love polo Tetris. I'm like, oh, that is gold. <laughs> oh my gosh. Next time you go, you need to tell me just so I can stop There's it. one on the story today. Actually, I went to Ikea this morning. So yes. yes. That is so good. Oh my God. I am going to check that out. <laughs> so let's talk about maybe um, a challenge that you faced, you know, starting your own business and being a mom and doing all the things and maybe like a lesson you've learned. Like I'm sure there's been something, I know you've only been in business a short time, but what's mm. come up for you that, you know, you've probably learned from and how you've overcome it? Um. It would definitely be that it's okay to just have a day where I do nothing. Mm. Um, as someone who, you know, obviously is organised, I'm highly productive, it's it, it's becoming okay that there's days where, you know, I don't answer phone calls unless it's urgent you know like it's generally a Sunday or something like that but just giving myself a day is okay because particularly too with like last year and working Monday to Friday and building the business I just felt like it was just constant and I really did about mid-November I started to feel the burnout signs really creeping in and I knew I was getting close to being out on my own and I was like I need to pull myself up on this because and just try and actually schedule a couple of days to give myself because otherwise I'm going to come out on my own and not going to be in the best headspace. Yeah that's a really good tip because it is it's so easy when you work for yourself or you work from home to kind of just blend and morph into every day and every hour right and so it is okay to do that and if anything one of the greatest lessons in that is that we do get reset and refreshed to be able to show up better anyway. Oh agree 100% 100% agree that was that was definitely my biggest lesson last year was just just really trying to I don't like to use the word balance because I definitely wouldn't have said that I found really any balance in there. Like I'm just going to be honest, but it was just, just a few days that just kept me out of that burnout zone. Yeah. I like to use the word harmony because I don't know if we can ever really truly find balance. It's more yes. like <laughs> our life in harmony. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So if someone was looking to do what you've done in a sense of leave their job, you know, their full-time safety net type thing and go out on their own, they've got a passion hobby or, you know, passion uh, side hustle, let's say, what would you say? Like, have you got any tips for someone that's doing this and wanting to do this? Because I know right now more than ever people are wanting to work for themselves with everything that's happening in the world. Yes. I, I believe that, and this was where... I did Kelly Howard's Soul Led Mastermind and I worked a lot on this in that journey was actually just really looking at the business and my why. Why did I want to do it? Um, how was I going how was I going to benefit 
people. And that was where I really found in breaking down those things for myself, exactly what was really lighting me up rather than, you know, and obviously coming from a retail background, particularly around Christmas, you hear a lot of people like, I need to think about something else I'm going to do because I'm not doing another Christmas or like, (laughs) I'm going out on my own. I'm so sick of this and it's like, that's not really the right energy that's going to get you. You need to think about, okay, what, what is it that lights you up? What is it that's not going to feel like work? And why is it not like, why is it not going to feel like work? And how is it going to benefit others? Because whatever product or service that you have, if you have a genuine connection and just love for how it is going to benefit others and how it is good, I believe that the rest will fall into place for you and the other actions that you need to take in order for you to be confident and financially able to do it will present themselves and will fall into place. Mm, I love that. And you're so right. I think everything, and and you hear it on repeat really, that it does come back to the why. And something I teach my clients is that we really need to know the why for both ourselves and the why for others. So what are we doing in our business for ourselves, but also for others? And when we know that and we connect to that, it keeps us motivated, keeps us inspired. It also connects us to the greater purpose, right? So very, very much agree with that. And I feel, yes, that even expanding on that and so many people are growing, like myself, growing businesses through Instagram. Mm that if you are sharing that why it benefits others or you're happy, you love what you do so much that you're happy to share tips of what you do with perfect strangers, then the metrics of your following and then clients that send you inquiries and things like that, that naturally grows because they connect with the realness of clearly how much you love what you do as well. So that's where I feel too, you you don't even even need to be silly about it, that it's it just translates and flows, that that's what can help with the growth of your business and the natural evolution of it as well. Yeah, that's right. People buy your energy, right? They buy what you're doing in a sense of passion and purpose and they can see that you genuinely love what you do. And and when you do genuinely love what you do, you naturally share it with so much ease and so much passion that people can't help but be attracted or want to work with you or buy from you or whatever it might be that you're selling. That's it. Yeah. So I want to know, do you love reading as much as me? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I'm a Kindle girl. Oh, you're a Kindle girl. What are you reading at the moment? Okay. Well, for the last five years, I have been very nonfiction and self-development based in what I read. And I also, I, I do love reading personal finance books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, I recently read um, Victoria Devine's She's on the Money um, because it's one of my favourite podcasts to listen to and I had to read her book. But I've told myself this year that I'm going to read some more fiction, like just for pleasure and part of that switching off element as well. And it's going to sound probably a bit odd and a bit nerdy, but I came across this series called Twisted Tales, and it's actually 
Disney stories, but with alternative like twisted concepts and twisted endings. So I'm currently reading the Sleeping Beauty version, which is what happens if what what would have happened if Sleeping Beauty didn't wake up? Oh my goodness! So (laughs) so yes, I'm I'm actually really excited. There's a Frozen version and everything. So I'm like I'm going to work my way through this series this year. This is right up my alley. What's it called? What's the series called? Twisted Tales. By who do you know? Pardon. But who's the author? Oh, I can't. There's actually different authors for the different stories. Okay. I do believe. There's one author that's done about like four or five. I should have written down the author here. I'm so sorry, Beck. (laughs) I think you can just Google Twisted Tales. I love that. It's like those old books of choose your own ending. (laughs) I still love it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just something I was like, oh, I just really want to connect with some fiction to sort of chill out this year. (laughs) I really like that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So is there, I mean, today's been amazing. You've really given away so much beautiful tips and things. So extremely grateful for that. But is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with today? Yeah, definitely. My last tip is always remember when you are buying a storage container that its function is to contain. So (laughs) if you rework a category to fit that container, remember that function to then keep you accountable to not overflowing outside of that And that will, one, help with the mindset of decluttering and where you hear about that concept sometimes of one-in, one-out rule. But also, two, that when you are putting in the effort to rework or organise a space, it's going to truly maintain for longer as well. So that is just my last little nugget I'm going to leave. <laughs> I love that because I mean, there are so many times I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just kind of put the lid on. It's not really fitting. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that or we just keep it open. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Love that so much. So Jess, tell us where can we find you and people chat with you online? I'm sure there's plenty of people, especially if you're on the Gold Coast, definitely chat with Jess and um, about getting her to come visit your home. Yes. So uh, on Instagram at collectively underscore organized is my Instagram handle. Uh, I also have a website collectivelyorganized.com.au. Beautiful. There we go. And I know that you wanted to offer our listeners today a special offer. Would you love to share that with us? Yes. So I also do virtual organizing sessions where it's half an hour with me over FaceTime or WhatsApp video. And you can take me through a space in your home and I can give you advice on how you could organize that space and what products to use. The regular price is $49 for 30 minutes. But um, if you mention Beck's podcast, you can have the $39 for 30 minutes. Wow, that's amazing. That is such a generous offer. Thank you so much, Jess, for that. I know there's people that are based all around Australia and also globally. So that's really, really special. Thank you. Oh, that's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This has been so fun. Yeah, I loved having you on the show and I'm going to have to count have you come and sort some of my other rooms out in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love that. Love that. <laughs> Thank you again for being here today. We really appreciate it. And the tips you've shared are definitely super helpful. So, so grateful to have you. 
Thanks so much. My pleasure. I hope that you found today's episode helpful. Please do go check her out on Instagram and don't forget she has offered that special deal for you as well. So make sure that you mention my name when you are messaging her on Instagram. Thank you again for tuning in to another guest episode. I feel so blessed to be able to do these and bring them to you so often, all these new amazing humans that you may never have been introduced to before. So enjoy the rest of your week and I will see you for a solo episode next week.